It's great to be back here. Um, went to see my mom in Maryland, she's 96. Mine is sharp, but body, you know, she, can, she needs a, a cart to go. But, so we wanted to go and see her. But also we did a lot of work for the, the Marae Project. And I want to thank you guys and the elders for not being such a, a needy church where I can go out and do missions and minister and so on, that you don't need me here all the time. There was somebody here before who said, no, I don't want somebody who goes, I want him just here all the time with, for us. And, um, and also thank the Steve and Brian and, and uh, Diana and the elders who we have, you know, I don't have to worry when I go. And we're su such good um, people here. And uh, you said I, I did some stuff for the Marai. That's a project that we all can be a part of, that this church is a hub for all these things going out. And um, met with some businessman and land developer on Oahu and, and just saying that this could change everything about the way we live in Hawaii. So once we can get this model through, we got, I got people from Kauai, Maui, all over who want to follow the model and could change that for the 50% of people on this island who are Alice or below. That means they can't pay their bills every month, 50%. We want to do something. We got to do something about this too when people right in our midst who can't do that and 57% of Hawaiians. So this is really important. We all can be a part of it. And so many of you have been already. Um, Jeff and the, the Wipas and Chris and Larkin and Dick and Carol and Carol Lee and Malia and her Ohana, all of these people. And we can do a lot more. And uh, again, you know, to taught the next leaders of the University of the Nations, YWAM in Cambodia, that I got to be able to go and, you know, they, they had millions of missionaries go through there, and they've brought many millions to Christ. And they get to affect the leaders and the next leaders, and that's because of the good staff and people we have here. And thank you. So on Thursday, I got to go down to Kona and do a Hawaiian history tour and to share with the, um, the board and international leaders of the 4220 Foundation. And... Uh, Give you a slide of the 4220 Foundation. They are a branch of Wycliffe, the Wycliffe Alliance. Now, they do the majority of the Bible translations around the world, Wycliffe does. But the 4220 um, Foundation, 4220 is a numerical, you know, every Hebrew letter has a value. So 4220 is the value of the Hebrew word, the var, which means the word. And do you know that what their goal is, do you know that 90% of the Bibles around the world do not contain the Old Testament, the whole Old Testament? 4,000 plus languages don't have a translation. And their goal is to train 4, 000, over 4,000 translators and consultants in biblical Hebrew. And their offices are actually in Jerusalem where they do that, well, that part of it. And um, so its goal is to have that. And the, the whole Bible is so important. Now, Steve really loves the Bible project. And if you, all right. <laughs> and if you 
you know, if you see the, the summaries they have of all the books of the Bible, every single Old Testament book points to Jesus. That's why it's so important. And so I get to be a part of, of sharing with their um, board of directors and international leadership team as they translate the, the, the Hebrew into the Bible for the majority of people groups around the world. They're part of that, the, again, Wycliffe and the uh, Global Alliance and uh, Lausanne movement, international movement to reach all the rest of the people of the world. So um, I'm going to show a short video about them before I, I talk a little bit more about it. Coming to Israel has actually immersed me proper into the culture of the, the, the language itself and to the culture of the people and to the culture of the land as pertaining to what I read on scripture. So coming here to learn it gives me more advantage than if, if I were to take it from any other place at all in the world. The school is actually in the heart of town. When we are coming from our dormitory to classes, you meet people, they are talking, you meet women, they are talking, you meet children, they are talking. All gives me insight to the language. That has interested me most, to have a perfect learning because in class I'm learning and outside too, I continue to learn. So it's something good and I appreciate it. I love, I love that, I love that. It's important to be here because um, only if you live here, you you're going to work hard to learn the language if you're anywhere else. It's a couple of grammatical techniques that you master. The intensive program is effective. It helps you master a lot of the language in a short time. And I didn't know it was humanly possible to learn a language so fast. We're starting to dream in Hebrew and <laughs> it's fun. It's really cool. You go back, you go to bed, and then the whole day you have been thinking in Hebrew, and you're speaking, you're trying to speak in Hebrew, and so you end up dreaming all about Hebrew, and I think that's really fun, <laughs> and it's cool <laughs> because you're still trying to learn in your dream. <laughs> He got me on. Yeah, one of the people I got closest to, we, we had lunch afterwards and so on, is the director of this place. So if we want to go to Jerusalem, we got a great place to go to now too. But um, so this little church in Hilo, we can affect all these people around the world. And it's, a, it's a, such a difficult job because it's not learning only the, the, the Hebrew and the thinking of that biblical time there. But now, how do you translate it into another language 
So it holds the, the spirit of what they're saying. Because when you do the letter, it doesn't come across. The spirit doesn't necessarily come across. So I'll, I'll share with you a little bit about that. Um, Genesis 2, 7 says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the breath of, the breath of life, and man became a living being. So in the Hebrew, that bre- uh, the breath of life that breathed is ruah, which means wind, but spirit and breath. And so like in Hawaiian, you know, it w- shows you how it's important. Kealapule, who's, you know, he, he had, you know, police officer, so his ship, is, ship is off, so he hasn't been, but he's watching online. Um, he didn't come to Jesus until Kaleo Waipa explained it to him to say that God blew that first aloha face to face in the presence of that breath of life, ha, which is just like exact definition of ruah, the wind, the spirit, the life. And then all of a sudden it all clicked for him. And now he's one of our greatest evangelists. He's going and sharing everybody about Jesus and he's been, he wrote a song about it. And it's just that it was translated in a way that hits the heart. Because he would read it in English and it didn't hit his heart. Once it was told in that way, it hit his heart. And it's so important when they translate in another language that it will hit someone's heart. So like Revelation 7.13, I'll tell you about another experience I had. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? And Revelation 7.14 says, I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. And they have, that's what I mean, some robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Okay, how do you, see, that's what I mean. Sometimes even we, we take the Bible so literally instead of the spiritual sense. You know, if you take this in a literal sense, how do you wash something white in blood? So it must mean something more than that, something different. But we, you know, the translation, like I have a friend, uh, African friend, and like he said, I always felt God didn't love me. Because if for all eternity we're going to be wearing white robes, and white is his favorite color, why did he make me black? He must not love me as much. Now, if you're, you know, uh, uh, you know a lot of the Bible has been translated by old white men, that wouldn't affect you and that's why when you think about these people of different colors we have got to think about that because what I told him that word white is actually the, the Greek word lukos where we get the word lumens from and the main meaning is light bright shining dazzling and we only see a small spectrum once it goes past that all we see is blinding looks white but that's the main meaning. The last meaning is white. But, you know, old people in Europe, they're thinking, okay, robes. So the meaning must be white. Not thinking how it might affect this person who's African who's black. And so you see how important it is? When I told him the, the meaning of that word, it changed everything for him again. One word can change how it hits someone's heart. Like we're supporting uh, missionaries that were translating a language for, I think their people group was only a couple thousand people. We're supporting them for over 15 years, I think 20 years now. 
And what they were saying, you know, uh, was that they have the language in the trade language. They have the Bible in the trade language in Papua New Guinea. But then they showed a video of one of those people as they're translating the Bible into their language, saying that when I read it in the trade, la trade language, it bounces off my skin, she said. But when I read it in our language, it penetrates deep into me. And that's the importance as they do that, that, you know, that, that what my part of sharing with them is, is how we, we translate it into these different languages. If we have certain thinking in our mind, we will not translate it because we're thinking in our way, and these people all think in a different way, not bad, different. And we tend to come and think, oh, you know, that's bad, yeah? And so that's why, again, I tell the young missionaries, don't be a bad date like a lot of missionaries of my generation and before. And what is a bad date? I don't need to know anything about you because there's nothing good, nothing redeemable, nothing you can teach me, nothing I want. In fact, you're a heathen and of the devil. Just be like me. I know everything. I have everything. I have everything good. You have everything of the devil. And uh, be like me. And I ask them, how many of you would like a second date with someone like that? Nobody. And I said, yeah, a lot of people didn't want a second date with us. That's why it's so important for me to go and teach this. Because most people don't have that. And what is a good date is, I think you're awesome. I want to learn everything about you. I think you have so many wonderful qualities I want you to can you teach me and maybe we can learn together and grow together better because God gave gifts to every single people group Amen. not gonna give, give all the good gifts to one and everybody else heathens of the devil and that's the attitude that teaching all of these people in the places that you know I'm gonna teach at Packram Bible College two different classes next month too and back to the YWAM leaders who are coming back for their final class to do that history for them and teach some more. So, next one. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And how Jesus used the culture of the time, because in the Middle East, bread is a staff of life, and they eat bread all the time. He was trying to say, I am the main thing you subsist on. But the only country in Asia that has accepted Jesus to any amount, that's only 30%, is Korea. Their Bible not only uses the native name of God, which all the Wycliffe people do now, by the way, and these people, the native name of the Creator God that Romans 1.20 says we all knew without excuse. So to say they have nothing is really not biblical at all. But their Bible is the only one that calls Jesus the rice ball of life. Has the fruit been good coming out of Korea? They, they're the, the third most mission-sending nation now, and it's been for many generations. See, but our thought is, okay, i got to do it this way, but then it doesn't get the spirit across. Because if you call Jesus the bread of life in Asia, it's like, yeah, he's the bread eater's God. He's not our God. And we can see the result. Like in Japan, after 470 years of preaching the gospel, this is such a passion for me. 470 years of preaching the gospel, less than one half of 1% go to a Christian church. 
when our God is so much better than any God they have? You say, why? Does God hate them and want them to go to hell? Did he make them too stupid to understand the gospel? Or are we not preaching to them that they see it hits their heart? He's a good God. He's our God. Not the foreign guy's God. They're the bread eaters. Our God, who loves us, has always been reaching out to us. And he, we had a covenant with him. He is our God. We are his people. We broke that covenant. God never breaks his covenants. We broke that covenant to go to other gods. And that's why he sent Jesus. So we can come back home. Come back home to our God. And they're not getting that. And that's why it's such a passion for you. It's so important. And I, I taught another missionary about 10 years ago. Now they say he's a rock star in Cambodia. He has podcasts and so on. These young guys do all the podcasts. They don't write books like me. And, uh, but he was walking up a mountain with some Cambodians, and they walk everywhere. So, but he doesn't walk everywhere, so he was getting tired, and he took out a sandwich out of his backpack and started eating it. And the Cambodians told him, look, don't eat bread. Bread will make you sick. If you want to be strong like us, eat rice. Okay, so if we translate the Bible in Cambodia that Jesus is the bread of life, would they want that life? What kind of life do they think he's bringing them? Is that what the Bible was trying to say when it says he's the bread of life? And you know, when I was there in Cambodia, yeah, we ate rice, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you see how important these little things are. Okay, next one, Psalm 16, 7. I will praise the Lord who counsels me, even at night my heart instructs me. That's the English translation. The, the Hebrew translation really is, I will praise the Lord who counsels me, even at night my kidneys instruct me. And we changed it for our culture so we could understand it, because in America we'd say kidneys. But in the Middle East, it was the kidneys were the seat of the emotions. And so, yeah. The kidneys, in, in, the, in the Greek, it's nephros, where we get nephrology from. But we changed it, because people say, no, you can't change it. Well, we did it. We did it to, to understand or what we thought it was, or everybody said, kidneys, no, I'm going to change it to heart or something. But see, then that causes us to have a doctrine in the U.S. which is not biblical. Because we tell everybody, you must accept Jesus into your heart. You know the Bible never says that? And you know how important that is? People don't tell you, but uh, in Papua New Guinea and in the Amazon where my mentor was with his people, their Bible says they accept Jesus into their liver. Because the liver is the most important organ to them. And Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit goes in just fine. Because that's the most important organ to them. Okay, and I just was told by a friend of mine who was uh, is a, uh, another YY missionary who was in Papua New Guinea, and a missionary was preaching to this uh, village and about saying, you've got to accept Jesus into your heart. You've got to accept Jesus into your heart. Nobody accepted. Finally, one young man came up to him and said, why do we have to accept Jesus into our heart? Because for us, the throat is everything. Because everything comes in and out through your throat. So he changed his words and said, uh, accept Jesus into your throat. And the whole village accepted Jesus. You see how important this is? 
Do we want them to accept Jesus or we want them to, we have to say it in our cultural way. That is not even the Bible really says so. So I want to just play something little because one of the guys that uh, I did the tour for, I was, we were talking about this at lunch. And what he told me so struck me because I said, man, if we said it this way, so many Indians would, you know, accept Jesus, I believe, because they would get it, who he is. And this is what he said. I'm going to play it, and maybe I'll play it a couple times. Hope you guys can hear it. Uh, wait, let's try Let's put it on this mic here. Uh, Steve? Okay. Or are you another one better? Okay, listen to that. John Jigger, John, J-A-A-N. Jigger is Jigger, J-I-G-G-E-R. John is your life, and Jigger is liver, and life is in the liver, and that is... The strongest friendship you can have with anybody is your liver friendship. Liver friendship. John Jigger. You get that? I'll play it again. John Jigger. John J A A N, and then Jigger J I G G E R. John is your life, and Jigger is liver, and life is in the liver, and that is. The strongest friendship you can have with anybody is your liver friendship. Liver friendship. John, John Jigger. Isn't that interesting? Because we were talking about that and accepting Jesus and where that in India, I think, wow, I get excited about that. That Jesus is their, their liver friend and how it would make a difference for them. To know that he is your best, your closest, most reliable. Just like that song we just sang, you said. Maybe we can sing that too again. You say that he's your best friend. When everybody else abandons you, he doesn't. When everybody else thinks you're nothing, he doesn't. He loves you no matter what. He's your, he's your, your best liver friend. And what a difference that would make for them to understand who Jesus is to them. Or whatever it is for you, because we're all different. Like I read the Bible in all these different versions, because sometimes I read it and it doesn't, doesn't hit my na'ao, we say in Hawaii, right? That's the best friend is, you know. And, and then so I read it in a different version. And another version might, okay, this hits my na'ao or my heart. And I really understand that scripture. So when we read the scripture, that, so that it, we really get it, the spirit of what was trying to be said. And if I can't find a version that, that hits my heart or my na'au, I go and back and look at the Hebrew and the Greek. Because a lot of times, if, it, if no version hits that, when I go back to the Hebrew and the Greek, the words, oh, if they interpret it with this meaning instead of that meaning, now it hits me. So that we know and it hits our hearts on this. So, John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. But I have called you friends where everything that I have learned from my father I have made known to you. And um, John 15, 13, no, I mean, greater love has no one than this to lay one's life down for one's friends. He laid his life down for you. He's your best liver friend. 
and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the age, end of it. He will never leave you or forsake you. He's your closest heartfelt friend, your na'al friend, your liver friend, whatever it is, that he's the best friend you ever have. And that's who Jesus is. And would you come up and you play you say and then end with the, the prayer? Okay? So, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for one thing. I thank you for the elders and this church that you're not so needed. You need me here all the time so that we actually, this church can be a hub that is affecting every Hebrew translation that comes forth out of the, the Wycliffe translators and, and uh, that we have a part in seeing it that it can reach people's hearts and they can really know he loves them and who he is. And so I thank you for that and I pray, Father, that, that as these translations go out and even for us, that we would understand the heartfelt meanings of the words to understand that he is our God who loves us. And I thank you that we can all be a part of all these things you're doing, that this church has a the little church in Hilo is a hub of. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.